Can you two kind of talk towards the microphone yeah. and see if I can pick you up? Hello? Oh, yeah. What's up? Got it. Folks, welcome to another episode of Abstract, the podcast of the Metropolitan Educational Research Consortium at Virginia Commonwealth University, where we explore issues in public PK-12 education. This summer, we are featuring stories about the importance of relationships in public education in our Connections Across Education series. And today, I have Cindy Sinanian and Emily Honeycutt with me from Hanover County Public Schools. Ms. Sinanian recently taught sixth grade English at Chickahominy Middle School and will be teaching at Elmont Elementary School next year. And Emily is a rising seventh grade student at Chickahominy Middle School and was in Miss Sinanian's class last year. As you will hear, their story captures the importance of helping students feel included in the classroom and having open conversations about race and culture. My name is Brianna Nomi, and I'm lucky enough to be your host for this conversation. Miss Sinanian, Emily, welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Miss <laughs> Sinanian, can you tell me a little bit about Emily? Well, sure. Um, Emily, when school started last year, um, I, I began the year just kind of a little bit concerned because at the beginning of the year I had noticed that there were no teachers of color mm. in the building. And then, um, you know, my classroom started, I started to meet my students and in walks Emily. And Emily was in a, is a gifted student, a very gifted student. Um, and, you know, she, she walked into the classroom and, you know, it really kind of made me start to think about, you know, of, of course you want to do a very good job teaching all of your students, but, you know, this, this, this young lady is, she was phenomenal. Yeah. Like she spoke her mind and, and um, she, she was very blunt and direct. <laughs> And at first, I, I, I'm not sure we all knew how to take that, but, but you know, I, I came to see that as a, a strength. And then that was very much backed up very early in the year when we had to do, uh, or we didn't have to do, but the, the kids are invited to do, like, um, what did, what's the whole? Oh, my gosh. It's um, like public speaking yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that. Like forensics. Yes, forensics. Yes, forensics. Yeah. yeah, we're both really off for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We'll ease back in. We'll, back, we'll ease back in. The vocabulary will come in. But um, a forensics piece, and um, she showed up with it, and I read it, and it, it just kind of blew me away. And, um, you know, of course, as a teacher, I'm always wanting to challenge, and I'm always wanting – wanting to do the best for the kids. And at that point, I realized I really had to, you know, step up my game because I have these incredible students and, and last year. And, you know, a number of them were, were diverse students. And I just wanted to make sure that I did everything possible to support that and encourage it. And, you know, and I'm, she's still a kid, yeah. too, you know, yeah. and still wants to have fun and all, and all of that. But But to let that voice develop and rise and to make sure that it was in no way shape or form ever you know put you know pushed down mm -hmm. or put onto a back burner and um I, I I'm hoping she'll share a little bit of that writing today but it, it was it was quite profound yeah oh, well <laughs> well Emily do you want to tell me a little bit about Miss Sinanian oh um oh gosh where do I even start <laughs> okay so well being a sixth grader you're coming in new to the school 
And so I wasn't really sure what to expect because it's, it's of course, it's very different than elementary school. So I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm like freaking out, I'm nervous. And so I had two classes before I came into your class because it was like an A-day. So you're my third block. So I come in and I'm like, I language arts has always been like my thing. So I was really excited about just coming in and doing like what I like to do, which is like writing and stuff. But I feel like Miss Anine was a very different teacher than all the other language arts teachers. And I don't know if that's just because she specifically was doing language arts. And, you know, teachers in the past, they have to do every single subject because it's elementary school. But I was really, really, um, I was just happy that we weren't just focusing on just writing. Like we weren't, okay, so here's your prompt and you're going to have to write about it and we're going to spend weeks writing on it. We were reading things about things that are happening in the world you know, worldly matters that are important that all of us should know, and we were able to have open conversations and discussions about them. I remember we were doing that um, that piece, and it was about people's differences with Miss um, Mud, the GT coordinator, mm-hmm. and it was, we read two stories, and I feel like that was the first time that I actually thought, like, wow, this is this is important for us to know about it and speak about it, and I think we've, it's always been just, you can totally talk about whether it's like, you know, cultural, you know, everything, you can talk about it because it's the environment is open and it's comfortable and it doesn't make things awkward because I think before it's like, oh, you're not supposed to talk about that. That's like taboo. You can't talk about religion. You can't talk about race because, you know, you might offend somebody else or people have, you know, like different views, but it's important to talk about those things. And I feel like Miss Indian really opened my eyes and everybody in the class's eyes about how important it is. Yeah. Mm. It sounds like she really created a safe space for you all to talk about certain things that might be already on your mind and you might not have an, an area or a platform to talk about them. Well, you talked a little bit about that forensics piece. What did that entail? Well, the the students are invited to, well, from, from, from me, I want them all to do it for me, but it, it moves into a competition too. But um, <laughs> the, you can do a speech or you could memorize a poem and say it, which is what most kids do. But um, Emily chose to write a speech. I think maybe that, that that opened up her, like, that she knew she could start speaking about some of the things that were at her heart and yeah. at her core. And because when once you know Emily, you see that she is all about human rights and, and she's all about voice. Yeah. And um, and I think that, that it opened up and it came out and... Um, <laughs> it kind of messed her up with the with the competition piece, yes. but I brought you here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you want to share a little bit of that writing, Emily? Yeah. So um, my first segment of it is about respect. And so I'm really just talking about, so like the first line is respect. And then it's, don't I deserve your respect? And then... Like I say, I don't have it, though. You look at me, you judge me and stuff. And I'm not talking specifically about me. I remember talking to my mom, and she thought I was talking specifically about myself. But I was just thinking, like, just everybody who has problems like this. So I, with this segment of it, I was just thinking about how people just straight out of the get-go, like, just judge you and don't give you respect just because of where you come from, you know, how you look. the way that you speak, you know? And so I was, like, a little frustrated at the beginning because I just felt like, you know, I think that everybody, as soon as you meet somebody, you should just have respect for them. 
And I mean, there may be reasons why, like, the, their character, the content of their character is maybe why you don't have the respect for them. But I don't think it should be because of what you look like or how you sound or where you're from. And so my next um, paragraph is about love. And so, you know, it's sort of going, I kind of wanted to make everything cohesive. So I was thinking like love as in togetherness. So I think that, you know, again, people don't like you because of the way that you look or who you are. When you love people and you just love things, you know, that hate sort of withers away and then differences don't matter anymore. Because I think that's where it divides us. Even with people that say that they're together, you know, it divides because you may be different from each other and I think that it, that shouldn't be what's dividing you. So then I go into pain and I'm kind of saying that we all sort of need pain, you know, because I, I mean, yes, love and togetherness is, you know, is okay to have, but I think you need a little bit of, um, a little bit of sadness and a little, to move on, to become stronger, you know, like things, yes, do divide us, but we need to be able to bounce back. Like we can't go scattered, you know, when something bad happens. Like I feel like we all need that experience. So, you know, and then I started talking about how like, you know, I'd much rather experience pain than being numb to all feelings because mm -hmm. I think when you turn that part off of yourself, like when you're just not feeling anything, it is painful just to not feel anything. And I think that is much worse than being sad. I, I talk about that a little bit more. And then I'm saying like how I, I kind of went into it a lot more than I went into the other ones. And so then I kind of like draw back. I'm like, I got off topic. But, you know, but I don't really care that I got off topic because I think that it's important for you to just be able to speak out and, you know, it's unori it's original. I just wrote it and I didn't really edit it that much. And so I think that's really how I went with this whole speech, you know? Yeah, that's extremely powerful. Very how did you feel reading that? I, I was blown away. I mean, it was it was it was beautiful, but it was powerful, mm -hmm. and it was um, it was a voice unplugged. You know, I would yeah. let loose and or unleash. I, it, it just was. It came straight from the heart and and real authentic feeling. Yeah, and I thought that that was very important. And it's so powerful too that you said it felt like it supported kind of your mission to make sure that your students' voices were heard and that you could address these types of issues. I mean, what a timely piece to be able to read and be like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, this is what my students do need. Yeah, exactly. We're just, you know, and that teachers in general, if you can make somebody or allow somebody to feel safe and supported, you know, that that the person, you're the soil, the, the person will bloom in, in the way that the person needs to. Yeah. You know, not every student is an activist, but, you know, every student needs the opportunity to bloom and to blossom. Yeah, especially in, you know, situations and settings, environments, where talking about issues like race and culture might not be as comfortable. I mean, how did you approach that in your classroom? It sounds like you handled it very well, but what was going through your head when you were thinking about designing that space? Well, I, I trust, I actually trust, I think adults, I've said this before, but I think adults are more... Um, anxious about having such conversations. I think kids are very authentic. They come mm -hmm. from a super authentic place. And if you tell them, you know, hey, we're not calling each other out, we're calling each other in. And I would I would say over and over, 
like somebody would say, racist, racist. And I would yeah. say, you are 11 years old. You're, <laughs> you're too young to be an ist anything. You know, you're, you're just developing. Yeah. So, you know, we, we listen and we, you know, encourage res- respectfulness. And then we did units, too, yeah. that opened up all the students' eyes. Because just just as important for all of the students to kind of know you know, history or mm-hmm. just to kind of to hear the voices mm-hmm. of things like segregation or, you know, multicultural sto- n- novels. You're putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, being able to empathize right. and even, you know, recognize your own privilege that and 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 just to to be able to suspend that to a point where, you know, other people can have a, a strong voice. Yeah. And I think it's so important, especially in a time like middle school that's very formative for a lot of students to be able to kind of experiment with their thoughts and to try things out in a place where they're not just going to get shut down. Like it's going to be a conversation and it's and it's okay for you to be still unsure of where you are on certain issues and um, to have a teacher and classmates who are going to be supportive of that kind of like figuring out phase. And I love teaching the next generation because that's where all of the hope is. Absolutely. That's the, that's the most beautiful place to be is with, with the kids. You I know? totally they're, agree. They're everything. So moving into seventh grade, Emily, how are you going to feel if classes don't necessarily have those spaces? How do you think you're going to handle that or what do you think you'll do? I mean, I'm sort of used to not really, you know, being able to speak about kind mm. of these things, you know. I mean, Miss Nini's class is probably the first class that it was, like, just out in the open, wow. you know. So I think going into this year, I'm just going to, you know, any opportunity that I get to, you know, write about these things or speak about these things, I'm going to take them because I think that not saying anything or not doing anything is not going to help. Right. Things are still things are still wrong. Like, there's still problems. And I think that people need to speak about these problems and how they affect them or how they don't like that it affects, you know, other people. I think it's it eased us all a little bit because now, you know, everything's on the table. You can totally speak about it. And nobody's going to be mad at you if you speak about it because right. it's your opinion. You know, again, like you said, we're all still kids. Everything's still developing. <laughs> so, yeah, we were more comfortable. Coming from different classes and going into her class, it was like a completely different environment. Mm. And I just think it was, like, really relaxing. So if it was at the beginning of the day, I had, like, you know, a relaxing, you know, time during the rest of the day. If it was towards the end of the day, I could just, like, unwind and just, you know, like, be really myself. Because, yeah, like, that's kind of how it was for me. And I just, I think Emily knows that even though I'm switching schools, if she ever needed me, I would be there. If she said, hey, you know, I was thinking about starting a club or, you know, a committee at, at school or I have this idea that she knows she could come to me and just, you know, not just tell me exactly what she feels. She doesn't have to sugarcoat it. Yeah. She doesn't have to make it, like, correct. She can just come to me and, and talk to me, you know, about anything. I, I definitely believe in Miss Emily here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Emily, how has Miss Sinanian made you think differently about school? Um, I think now that I've had her class and I've experienced all these things. I think school doesn't just have to be a place where you learn about things. School can be a place where you can talk about the things that you've learned openly and you can have opinions on the things that you've learned. And it's an environment where 
you can be free to be yourself and you don't have to, you know, yeah, again, like sugarcoat anything. You can just, you say how you feel and it's okay because, you know, it's a learning environment and it allows growth. Definitely. Miss Sinanian, how has Emily made you think differently about your work? Well, I mean, it, it, she really has made me want to be, I always want to be a better teacher, but now I, I definitely really want to work on that a lot harder and to, um, you know, instead of try, trying to kind of see things a certain way, kind of open up my mind more. Like, for example, you know, there's a lot of, you know, be quiet in the classroom. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of push towards order and, and whatnot. And yet, as um, as a student of color, I'm thinking, and, and a female to boot, I'm like, well, you know, maybe sitting there and just being compliant is not such a good idea. Yeah. That's not really going to serve you um, real well. You know, just kind of recognizing and meeting the students where they are and being open to it and listening. Like, not trying to... You know, have I, I'm I'm I feel comfortable enough in what I have to teach that there are many different ways that I can go about it and be more responsive to the needs of my students. Right. You know, all of them. And like so, for this year, was kind of it was it was chaos in the classrooms. <laughs> like I mean, there was, and so I'm that teacher that has like the yoga balls and you know, like the like the little groups and the and the little desks set up in, and then by the end of the year, you know. Nope, <laughs> because because what I found was that, that it was it was actually impacting um, the students in a negative way, yeah. and so it was funny because I kind of went back to like, uh, you know, like a little bit more autonomous, like a little bit more rose. And sure, kids can move around yeah. and do things later on, but and and they, and they were thanking me. They were like, I just needed that moment to to think. I just needed my oh, own yeah. personal space because there there were just. Anyway, so I guess just being more responsive, yeah. you know, being a little bit more humble and just being a lot more open, right. recognizing the way I see things is not necessarily, those are my eyes, which, you know, for the teaching population, which is predominantly female white, is, um, you know, that that's, that's not the given and that I just have to be you know, very receptive and, and willing to make some changes. Yeah. Well, you're an incredible model of what a reflective <laughs> practitioner looks like, what a, a teacher who's really responsive to what her students' needs um, are. And I, I just commend you. I think oh. it's incredible. Well, you, I mean, I think all teachers do that. But I, I, I do think that there's that, that, like I said, this discomfort that people have, like they're, they don't, realize or they're always afraid that they might step on somebody's toes and and you know not having a conversation or doing something wrong yeah and oh my god I'm sh I do stuff wrong all the time but you just have to <laughs> laugh about it and maybe right. that's maybe not that I'm a, a um a good teacher I'm more of a goofball <laughs> <laughs> but I think your students feel that energy and know that you know this is a place where I can be myself too like yeah. my teacher is clearly demonstrating that she's just she's human yeah. and we can be human. Yeah, definitely human. Yeah. Miss Sinanian, do you have a question that you'd like to ask Emily? I just I, I I think a lot of them she's kind of answered just kind of making sure that I was doing the things that were needed. Right. Because I yeah, I don't I did do some surveying just to make sure that all of my students felt comfortable, but just, you know, um moving forward and and you answered the one like moving forward when you come into a situation 
where, you know, you you don't kind of feel that comfort. I want to make sure that you have some sort of a, like a backup plan or something that you can do. So that I want you to be so empowered. Hmm. And, and, and I also want you to be a kid and, you know, throw that eraser across the room every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think that, you know, writing whenever I can, talking whenever I can, mm-hmm. getting involved is just what I'm going to have to do, you know. Because I think before I was really apprehensive about writing and really apprehensive about speaking my mind and stuff. But I think that now it's okay to do those things, you know. No one's telling you that you can't do those things. And so I feel like that's what I'm going to be doing from, you know, moving forward. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) So my question for you would have to be, how was I, how was I more open compared to, not even more open, but like. What made you stand out? Yeah. Like, why am I here, sitting here, and not, like, somebody else? Because you, unlike adults, many adults, you have an inkling of your inner voice. And and, um, I hear it. And, you know, and I'll say this over and over and over, you're still a child. And that's child. But, I mean, you still need to have fun and you still need to do all, all of those things. And it's not your responsibility to fix the world. But I think you're sitting here because you made me realize very strongly that it's my responsibility to change the world. Because I want the most incredible world for you. And I, I feel that way about all of my students, but I feel that way very profoundly about you. Like, I just want you to be you. And I don't want you to feel like you have to do all of this work. If you want to, I'm behind you. But I feel like I want to make things, I, I want to do everything I can to make things better for, for you and, and for, so that you can blossom, realize your full potential, be a happy person on the planet. And I feel like that's such a departure from sometimes how we treat students is we put all this pressure on them to, you know, achieve certain things or get these certain scores. Yet at the same time, we don't empower them to develop their voices, to be able to, you know, advocate in ways that they want to or to be able to speak up for issues that they feel passionately about. So it's just so, so refreshing to hear a teacher really recognize that these students are still children or students yet their voices are so powerful and really important and 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 in general people of color i mean that you know i recognize that i have a big job i mean in dismantling all of the isms that are in place is in large part responsibility of me and people like me mm-hmm. you know and that other people have been fighting a lot of battles and they just need an opportunity to blossom and, I, and the, one, the other thing is, is and, and I love what um, Merck is doing, to, to share that and to help spread that because that's what's going to make. I mean, one teacher here and there is nice, but it's not going to, you know, you need that tipping point. You right. need enough people who are doing things um, that are encouraging to yeah. all people so that you know, then then things really start to change. Yeah. And I think that that's, that I'm just so grateful to Merck and, you know, for having a chance to work with with Merck all year and, and to be supported by that was phenomenal. And, yeah. And, you know, just 
and and I don't know. I'm I'm a huge fan. (laughs) Absolutely. The work that Merck is doing is it totally shifts how we think about educational like research and how we think about um, empowering teachers to be researchers. I know that you were interviewed for your action research. Mm -hmm. Um, Did any of that research kind of inform your practices with Emily's class? Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, well, I mean, just like, just trying to, like the whole allophilia, and this will be like the, every (laughs) single podcast that we have to talk about allophilia, which is the love of others, and we, and we talked about that, but just that that's really how you respond to things like inequity, and um, you, you, you don't fight prejudice with tolerance, because tolerance still has that hierarchy of power. You, defeat intolerance with allophilia, with the love of others, with the fact that, wow, this is exciting and, and that these are opportunities. Right. These are not problems. These are not issues. These are these are just wonderful opportunities. And I think that, that, um, that the work I did with Merck re- and all of the researchers in some way, shape, or form touched on that in their research. Wow. It's just human connections. Absolutely. So to both of you, and you can decide who wants to go first, what do you want people to know about the importance of relationships in public education? Well, I think as a student of color, I think that it is so important because I because Hanover is a predominantly, you know, like white um, community, not just the teachers, but the students. So I kind of feel like um, I just feel kind of isolated a little sometimes you know in some of my classes before and I think that it is so important for you to just be able to talk about these things without feeling them because I think in Miss Anian's classroom we I've talked about um cultural issues you know like stuff with that with my friends before you know with my peers before but I feel like I was always defending myself like I don't think I was having a conversation I feel like I was arguing you know, and I just think that really took a toll on me. Just it was just so hard to talk about these things because people would just always say, well, you can't say that. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you, this is not right. You're not what you're saying is not right. And I just think when you go to a cl- when you come into a classroom like Miss you don't have to defend yourself. You can just speak openly. And that makes me, you know, like more relaxed and more comfortable. And I don't feel so, you know pushed into some box where I have to, you know, like pushed in a corner where I have to defend myself and I have to be like this and I have to be like that. I can just be myself. So I think that's why it's really, really important to have a relationship with your teachers and stuff so that you can talk about these things. And it's not your, it's not just like, oh, she's my teacher. She teaches me things. It's a, I can talk to her or him about these things Mm -hmm. that are important to me. And I think that should be spoken about. And I think education is relationships, and I think it's um, it's about not throwing people under the bus and just making sure that every single person in the room is valued and um, has a, an opportunity to express themselves and can learn. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the dramatic turnarounds came about, you know, because of these conversations for all students, just white students in particular. And yeah. I think, you know, that like I said, kids are are just basically open and, and just so curious and 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 they 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 want an opportunity to talk about these things and I think you know just creating a climate where that relationship 
can kind of develop into its own thing and, and monitoring, making sure that things, you know, not not everybody has the comfort level that you yeah. do. And that and just because somebody is a person of color doesn't mean that they want to become the spokesperson or, or be asked <laughs> yeah. those questions. So I have to know all of my students and kind of get that feel for, you know, that's that's OK for you, but that's not OK for, you know, this other person. Yeah. And just, you know, being aware and then being open, like yeah. saying, OK, you, you feel safe coming to talk to me if you are having a concern. Right. And, I, and I'll be happy to do that. Yeah, because you're building relationships. So in our current educational state, how effectively do you think we're able to prioritize relationships? Well, there's a lot of, um, I mean, you know, it's a testing, <laughs> it's test-driven, goal-oriented kind of, um, and just in general, in the world in general. You know that everything is about keep your eye on the prize and and going for it and and um, not necessarily being in the moment and um, but I do think that every study that's worth its weight in anything has always shown that students perform much better and reach their full potential when they have at least one connection to someone in the building and I think that that's what got me involved in Merck to begin with because I thought to myself. If 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 I was a student of color walking into the building and there weren't any teachers yeah. um, that looked like me, how would that feel? First of all, and second of all, um, what can I do to make that? You know, that the, that's the situation that we have. So, what can I do to make that better? I think, but I feel like it's mainly like you said. It's mainly about you know making sure that they perform well, like, and that's it. Like, just making sure that they perform well. But I think. A part of performing well is being able to, you know, speak openly and just talk about things. And I don't think I would have been able to perform as well if I didn't, you know, have that connection. Because I think that when you go into a place and nobody's really worried about how, what their relationship was with you, especially if they're a teacher, you know, I think that really affects it doesn't just affect me like emotionally it f- affects my my work ethic like like now I'm like nervous all the time and I just feel alone and I don't feel like I have that many people to talk to you know and then there's always like you can talk to your guidance counselor and stuff but I think that like not that many people want to do that I feel like there also needs to be some well I want to help you you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to be the only one that has to go to somebody to get the help. I want to help you as well. You know, this is it's a two-way street. Like you have to do the work so that you know, you have to do the work, I have to do the work so that I can perform better and we can have a better relationship. I mean, just I just that if there are teachers out there listening just to kind of, you know, there's there's so much good literature and and there are things to read, but just just taking that, that time to connect, I think, is super important. And to be aware of, you know, that that, that whole cookie-cutter approach to education, and it, it, it just doesn't work. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, that they're, they're not cookies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think if there's any students listening, I think that especially if you come, if you come from a different background than the rest of or if you don't if you don't feel comfortable in your classroom I think that always just just try to speak to your teachers and see how you know like just analyze things and you know don't 
don't be so scared to talk to because I feel like for the longest time I just think like oh I can't I can only talk to my parents about these things like I and I can't even talk to my friends about these things because I don't feel like they can relate Mm -hmm. and I definitely can't talk to my teachers about these things because I feel like the only reason that you know like I just think that you should be able to talk to your teachers about these things talk to your friends about these things talk to everybody and it shouldn't be an argument it shouldn't be you're on the defensive or they're on the defensive it should be let's sit down let's have a discussion about it and not get mad and not get frustrated just talk because I feel like once you do that you're no longer that's how you form relationships being able to speak openly I think once you do that you're going to be way more comfortable not just with talking about those things but how you perform as well because now you feel more comfortable to do things, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like that's really important. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to leave that there for now. But if you can't get enough of this story, you should be sure to join us on October 19th at the 15th Annual Merck Conference, where we will be featuring Ms. Sinanian, Emily, and 10 other students and educators from across our school divisions in a special session on the importance of relationships in public education. Our theme for the conference is Connections Across Education, Advancing Public Schools Through Research and Relationships. We will also have presentations from our ongoing Merck studies, as well as sessions with other researchers, practitioners, and policymakers in Metropolitan Richmond. You can learn more on our website at merck.soe.vcu.edu slash conference. That's M-E-R-C backslash conference. There you can submit a proposal, register to attend, Check out other episodes of this podcast series and record a story of your own about a teacher or other educator who made a big impact on your life. Be sure to tune in for other incredible stories from our school divisions. We have a lot of good news to share. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we hope that you will share this episode with anyone you believe could benefit from joining our discussion. We are eager to bring them to the table with us. You can access Abstract on the Merck website, as well as on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. We hope you will subscribe and leave some feedback on any of these platforms. My thanks today to Cindy Sinanian and Emily Honeycutt for joining us and to all the teachers, researchers, students, parents, school leaders, policymakers, and other stakeholders in public education, including you, for taking part in this conversation. We hope that we never forget that relationships are the foundation of public education. My name is Brianna Nomi, and this has been another episode of Abstract, the podcast of the Metropolitan Educational Research Consortium at Virginia Commonwealth University, where we explore issues in public education. Let's talk again soon.